In this second episode of Your Physical Education, Nancy and I start off by talking about how to check your boxes when it comes to figuring out what you need to do in the gym. And then we talk about strength in detail in probably a way that you may not have understood it before. We talk about how strength changes your body, what strength is actually based on, and different ways you can utilize it in your workouts. Hope you enjoy. training clients, whether they're athletes or complete beginners, we have to figure out what they need right now. They may have a lot of needs, but it is important to figure out what they need to move from where they are to the next step. That's why it's really important with beginners that we don't throw them into a high intensity or advanced program when they don't have the base that they need to do it correctly or safely. So, you know, your needs are going to change based on your goals, your fitness level, and what's going to work best for the time being, Nancy has a great way of verbalizing this as checking the boxes. So Nancy, do you want to explain what you mean by that? Okay. So when I have a new client that comes in, I just ask them that, you know, a very basic question, which is why are you, have you decided to start an exercise program? And I usually get standard answers, which are, I want to lose weight or uh, I want more energy, but I try to determine what you know, what they're feeling that has motivated them to start. And then, um, you know, and determine what their goals are. And I help them figure out what their goals are. Cause I've asked, what's your goal often? And a lot of people don't know how to answer that. And they'll give me standard answers. I think of what I, they should say, like, well, I should lose weight or I should this, but so I, I, I narrow it down and then we set up their program based on what they need, like you said, what they need. Um, and often what they want and what they need can also be a little different. So I'll just give the example of my one of my clients who started a few months ago and her needs were, she's menopausal. She started getting a little weight around the middle. She didn't have good energy. She wasn't sleeping well. Uh, so we started on a, and, but she doesn't like to exercise. Let's just say she does not like to exercise. So it was very basic. I did a two day a week strength training program. That's what she was willing to commit to. You know, very standard strength training, full body workouts with some walking on the side as many days, if not every day. And she reported back after just two months, I'll even read what she, she had just checked in with me. She said the other day, so I noticed my heart rate has changed. And what she meant by that was her heart rate was at a certain level when she was walking and it started to drop, which means she was getting in better shape. Her body was much more efficient at moving, you know, at getting the oxygen, blah, all that. Um, she said, I have more energy and I sleep better. I, I can lift the water in the tank. She's got a fish tank by myself, five gallon jugs of water and also the five gallon drinking water being, you know, when you have to put that big thing of water on the um, stand. My tummy got flatter and I shoveled the other day for at least five hours, no problem. Oh, and I can jump rope now for a long time without losing my breath. That was a huge success. And we did that with two strength training sessions and walking. We didn't do anything crazy. She was never going to do hit 
because she that terrified her and she didn't need to. So that's what I did. I found out what she needed, what, you know, made some goals and then we hit it and she was successful just by following that consistent effort. So definitely one of the things we both agree on is that strength is one of the boxes that we have to check with most people. I think the problem with that is that a lot of people don't have a full understanding of what strength training actually is. So I think it's important that we kind of break it down for everyone and talk about it in ways that you may not be used to thinking about. So for example, um, when we say strength, a lot of people think big muscles. They think of some big giant strong man, but the primary driver of strength development is the nervous system. Um, most of our strength gains come from coordination. And I'm going to talk a little science here. Uh, when we want to get stronger and more coordinated, we're talking about increasing the amount of coordination, not just uh, between muscle groups, but within the muscle itself, like the ability to turn on more of those muscle fibers at once when we need to, to exert more force, but then also coordinating uh, movements between muscles, like with full body movements. You know, people who are, are usually described as athletic um, move in a way that seems smooth and, and beautiful and effortless. And that is actually strength. Um, so basically strength training is just learning. So anytime we improve our coordination, we are essentially getting stronger and we can do that simply through practice. So. Wow, oh, absolutely. I mean, I have watched, you know, I like to think of pull-ups, which I know is a scary thing for people. Like how can we do pull-ups? They're so hard, but you know, there, of course, you know, we throw bands on them and then we can get them to do pull-ups. Pull-up is a full body exercise. People think, oh, it's a back exercise or an upper body. It's a full body exercise where you're having to coordinate so much to get yourself up there. And it's often one I will start people on. And over time, I can tell that it, it's they're getting stronger, but it's the practice of repeating it and their muscles are learning to recruit faster. They're getting coordinated. Um, and it's almost like the body's like, okay, we got this. We know how to, now we need to pull help from here, here, and here. And it just gets better and better. That's why it's so important to repeat movements and to practice them and not, you know, I know that some trainers like to get creative and they just kind of move their client all around doing a hundred different things. But really it's that repetition in strength training. It's the practice. You practice squat. You know, I've noticed the squatting is a great one because they, you know, you'll first, it's one of the first things I'll have people do is like, just sit down in this box and get up and see what happens. And I'll, I'll just, I won't really coach them. I'll just say, just, you know, sit down. And then I'll notice those things like their knees are caving in or their upper back is rounding. So we'll start, you know, working on that. And then a month later, you can just tell that their body has coordinated. They understand, okay, this is the task we have to get done. And they start to, you can tell their body is now starting to um, do it faster, do it more effortlessly. And, you know, that's the importance of practice. Practice definitely makes perfect. Um, another thing that I think people don't understand about strength is that anything we do to exert or resist force is strength. Um, that's why posture is so important. It's our body's ability to resist the force of gravity. So if you can't maintain your posture all day without fatiguing, 
you need to get stronger. If your back starts to cave over when you're on your 20 mile run, you need to get stronger. You know, these are, these are things that a lot of folks don't think about and the ways that strength can actually improve, you know, endurance sports or just your daily quality of life. And, you know, the flip side of that is, and I think you're probably familiar with this because you used to teach a lot of these classes is, you know, an aerobics class or aerobic exercise, it does make parts of your body stronger. Like, don't try to tell me runners aren't strong because I've trained a lot of runners and they have strong legs. Now, do they always have strong upper bodies? Not always. And that's mainly because a lot of them don't train upper body, but if they're training upper body, they do. Uh, what do you think? Where do you think that message gets a little bit lost? Oh, yeah. In an aerobics class. Yeah, I've taught a lot of aerobics classes and it's mostly cardiovascular. It was about burning calories and getting the heart rate up. It wasn't about strength training. I do remember when spinning came out and then they started to say, let's do some strength training. And they'd be sitting on that spinning bike doing, you know, side raises with their arms or then putting, you know, doing push-ups on the handles. But let's be honest, they weren't really building that much upper body strength doing that. So, you know, it's a great cardiovascular workout, mostly aerobic classes and all that, but it does give you good leg strength, like you said, because you're using your legs, but it's not much in the sense of upper body strength. Yeah. And that being said, you know, there is a continuum between the ability to exert maximal force. Think about, you know, lifting a 300 pound deadlift and exert minimal force for a maximal period of time. Think about going for a hundred mile run. Well, I don't like to think about going for a hundred mile run. That quite frankly makes me want to cry, but, um, (laughs) but there is a balance between strength and power versus muscular endurance, um, that they are somewhat dependent on one another. Uh, for example, high volume training can make you stronger. Like we said, runners tend to have strong legs. Swimmers do have strong upper bodies. Um, in fact, I've recruited quite a few good weightlifters from a previous swimming experience, but heavy weight training also can improve your endurance. For example, to use the example of runners, you know, if you can improve that upper back strength and improve that posture, they're going to have more endurance to maintain that good posture, which you know, going back to our first episode helps them breathe more efficiently. Breath is extremely important in cardiovascular sports. And that's why strength training improves so many aspects of, uh, you know, quality life and performance. Speaking of performance, I think, you know, one of the examples of athletes that are overlooked are dancers, you know, they have really strong cores and upper backs just from constantly maintaining that posture in those perfect positions. Right. Absolutely. You know, one of my, for the general uh, clients that you have come in, a lot of them come in twice a week. I like to hit, you know, a, you know, a pure strength. Maybe we're going to do a lower rep, higher weight, you know, protocol that day. But then on the next one, it might be uh, lower weight, higher reps. Cause I'm trying to get that strength and that strength endurance for them. Cause they need to be strong, you know, to do their daily tests, but they also need that kind of a strength endurance, the ability that stamina to get through that day. So I've definitely noticed a crossover, you know, you do a lot of strength training, you do get more stamina and you, you know, in the strength training is there's many ways to go at it. Like we said, higher reps, lower weight, lower reps, higher weight, but it all, the the goal is always to 
be able to have more stamina and more strength to be able to get your daily tasks done. One of the other things I wanted to touch on here was bodybuilding. Um, because I think honestly, it's one of the best approaches for strength training in beginners, but it gets kind of a bad rap. I think, especially when the whole functional training thing came on the scene and everybody's like, well, if you can deadlift and squat and do pull-ups, you don't need to train your biceps. And it's like, well, that's not entirely true. Uh, bodybuilding is fantastic actually, um, because it's generally not super heavy weights. And if you use it with both compound movements, as well as single joint and isolateral movements, what I mean by isolateral is one-sided. Uh, so for example, lunges, step-ups, um, dumbbell work with your arms. The goal is basically to create balance and make sure you are targeting all of your muscles. And I know you and I have both seen people develop severe imbalances from only doing compound bilateral work. In fact, I'll say I've seen quite a few people who were just doing heavy squats. And when I put them on split squats or lunges, they realized they were only squatting on one leg and the yeah. other leg was not doing any work at all. And then the other thing about bodybuilding is if you use that word, especially around women, they are going to start picturing some giant muscle bound, you know, manly looking woman that they may not necessarily want to look like, but no, unless you're on steroids, that's just not going to happen to you. Right. I love bodybuilding, you know, because I started in the 80s and I started bodybuilding. That's where I first learned weight training from bodybuilders. They give so much attention to symmetry and balance. So that was my first, what I first learned was bodybuilding protocol and it worked great. And I have to say though, I was a victim of the functional training when that came out. Suddenly we got into our heads like, oh, we need to put people on balls and BOSUs and get them functional, which was not actually getting them to just do regular strength training is functional. Getting people stronger is functional. Bodybuilding works. But and it's funny that you say that about, I had a client and I said, we're kind of going to do a bodybuilding style. And she's like, but they're all on steroids. Like she literally thought every bodybuilder was on steroids, which is just not true. But I have used bodybuilding protocol on myself, especially when I'm having, uh, I will just bring up my powerlifting meat. I'm a, I was a weak bench presser and overhead presser. So I used specific bodybuilding protocol to improve my, you know, pressing muscles, like my triceps, they were weak. I, I love bodybuilding and I use it all the time, if not mostly. Which brings us to the next topic, which is yeah, the nervous system is primarily responsible for strength, but muscle size does contribute. And, you know, one of the ease, better ways to grow muscle size is to, you know, work in those higher volume ranges. But the other benefit of higher volume work is that it's going to increase the strength of connective tissues. And it's also going to uh, elicit some of those cardiovascular adaptations, one of which, and I talk about this a lot, is increased capillarization of the muscles and organs, as well as metabolic adaptations that allow you to store and use energy more efficiently. So I want, you, I want people to think about that. Like, actually, one way to think about this is white meat and dark meat, right? So if you go hunting and you shoot a wild turkey or any kind of wild bird, the majority of the meat is what we call dark meat. The reason it's dark is that it is full of capillaries, which are full of blood because all those muscles are working muscles. 
you know, these um, chickens that have been bred to have these gigantic breasts and they don't fly, so they're not using that. Those muscles don't have capillaries in them, which is why they're white meat. Um, they aren't, they may be big, but they're not particularly well vascularized. And so they probably don't really work that well. We want to have dark meat, not that we're trying to market, uh, you know, <laughs> cannibalism or anything, but, but we want to have as much capillarization in our muscles and our organs, because what that does is it delivers more nutrients and gets rid of waste more efficiently. And then inside our cells themselves, we want to have, you know, some decent storage of nutrients, as well as the metabolic enzymes that can turn that into energy quickly. That's what makes our bodies function better. So, you know, strength training actually does facilitate some of those adaptations, not as much as long duration cardiovascular training, but it does sort of add to that, especially the higher volume weight training. And then the other thing that I want to bring up is, you know, again, we want to get away from this idea that a strong person is this muscle bound giant guy who can, you know, lift 400 pounds over his head. Sure, he's strong, but you know who else is strong? It's someone who moves with ease, can change positions, directions, and speed relatively easily, maintains good posture through movement. So we're talking about athletes, dancers, gymnasts, mothers of small children, gardeners and farmers, virtually anyone who works with their hands and moves throughout their day. We'll talk about this in our next two episodes when we talk about cardiovascular fitness and endurance because ultimately we are, we evolved to be endurance athletes. And so movement and moving well and moving efficiently is extremely important for us. And that's all based in strength. Movement becomes more efficient, like you said, with practice. Basically what we're saying though, is training should make your life easier because the body continues to adapt and it gets more efficient at getting the nutrients out so that you can, you know, get through your day, lift the bag of dog food off the floor. You know, and I go back to my sister who's, she's like, I said, she's in her fifties and she, she doesn't care about being muscle bound or she just literally wants to sleep better, be able to get through her day without being tired and to get her tasks done. So it just all comes back down to those things. Like you said, practice, you know, what are the priorities? What do we focus on? And, you know, it's for me, it's strength training, which covers so many things, like you said, cardiovascular, that just says it has a long, broad reach is what I want to say. So in a nutshell, strength is awesome. We should all be strong enough to support our bodies and our posture from against gravity. We should be strong enough to get through our day without feeling fatigued or compromising, you know, our posture, as we keep talking about. What we're going to discuss in the next two episodes is cardiovascular fitness and then endurance. And I think these are also very important topics that we kind of need to take a look at so that you truly understand what it is that you're doing when you get in the gym.